0: You know, there's really no feeling in the world worse to me than being, the feeling of being stuck. The feeling of being stuck. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, claustrophobic. I'm, I'm not agoraphobic. I, I just don't like getting stuck anywhere. Anywhere. I mean, if I'm on a plane, I don't like that middle seat. I want the aisle. If, if I'm laying in bed and, and my kids come in the middle of the night laying in bed, they got 10 minutes, then I'm picking them up and putting them back in bed, because I don't like getting stuck, okay, I, I don't like waiting in lines that I don't have to, to wait in, I, I, I don't like getting stuck in, 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 in a cell phone contract, I hate that, <laughs> I don't feel like I don't have any options, everything about me, whenever I get into those moments and those situations in life, tries to get unstuck, Anybody like that in here? My goodness, I just I just can't stand it. I want to get up and get free. If I'm sitting down too long, I got to stand up. If I'm sitting down too uh, standing up too long, I got to sit down. I want to get unstuck. I, I just I want freedom. It's in my nature. But I but I, I want to tell you this morning. I want to tell you this morning that there's times in my life where I've gotten stuck and I couldn't get out of getting stuck. There's times in my life where where I've gotten into a situation or circumstance in my life that I couldn't get out on my own. And And I've tried. I've tried hard. And if I'm going to be transparent with you this morning, when I find myself in those situations, it's easy for me to be depressed and feel anxious. It's easy for me to try to to try to back up and to to try to get away and whenever I can, I I, I just, I feel hopeless and hurt and heartbroken at the situation. In a room full of people this size, I know that I'm speaking to somebody in here where you feel stuck in a situation or circumstance this morning. Maybe maybe you feel stuck in debt. Maybe you feel stuck in your job. Maybe you feel stuck in a relationship that is falling apart and you don't know what to do. Maybe you feel stuck in a situation or circumstance and you've been trying for a long time to try to get out of it, but you can't. There is no way for you to unstick yourself. You put on the happy face, you put on a smile, you walk around and everything is all right on the outside. But, but if we're going to be real honest on the inside, you feel stuck. Some of you, us have been stuck for so long, it's hard to remember what it's like to not feel stuck. It's hard to remember what it feels like to feel the freedom that God wants us to feel, to feel the ability to walk around and see options that God is leading us to because all the doors have been shut. All the the chains are still on, and we're walking around feeling still stuck. This morning, there's even some people in this room who are hurting and helpless and hopeless. You feel stuck like you're in a horrible pit, like David wrote about. But I want you to know if it's true for David, it can be true for us. That God can pick us up out of that horrible pit. He can set our feet on a rock. And whenever he shakes that prison, every chain will fall off in Jesus' name. So I think that we need to get ready because God is going to put a new song in somebody's mouth today. Turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. If you're following along, you can uh, follow along in the Bible app. That would be wonderful if you wanted to do that. I want to say a really quick uh, hi to Miss uh, Darlene and Gary Stevens, uh, you joining us. Uh, uh, Darlene was our uh, uh, administrative assistant for some time, I think about 15 years, wasn't it? Wow. Praise God. Thank you so much for being here. And I want to also, Welcome Jolita Nash. Welcome Jolita, it's so good to see you. Praise God. Wow. As we go into God's word in Acts chapter 16, I want to before we get there I want to give you a little bit of background to this text. Paul uh, Paul and Silas have been traveling around working to plant churches and minister to people all throughout the area. And God was blessing their ministry, but they, they got to this town and, and there was a, a, a young woman that was enslaved by, um, by people that um, were using the, the gifts that a demon gave her in order to tell the future. Okay? Divination, right? And, and she would tell the future with people, that, and they would pay money. And so the, the, it, was, it, it was quite a business for them. But this young lady followed Paul and Silas around and, and called out to them, this is, this, is a, this is a prophet of God, they're telling the truth, they would, she said. And Paul got so fed up with this, for days and days this was happening, he turned around and cast the demon out of her. The problem with that is that she could no longer tell the future. and she, she couldn't make those guys any money. They were furious. They had lost a fortune because she no longer had the ability to do what she had been doing. And so they gathered a mob together and grabbed a hold of Paul and Silas and brought them in front of the city officials. And the city officials... They, they imprisoned them. And that's kind of where we pick up in our message. I, I want you to know that they didn't just imprison them. They put them in a, it wasn't just like a holding cell. It wasn't like a jail. It was a prison. They, they put them in the dungeon. In the dungeon. And I believe that they put them in, in the dungeon because they had been seeing Paul and Silas perform miracles from God. And they were concerned about any kind of retaliation or retribution from placing them in jail. So they wanted to make sure that they weren't getting out of jail. They wanted to make sure that they didn't cause continue to cause an uprising in that, in that area. And so it, before they put them in jail... They were ordered to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. I'm, I'm telling you, this is insult to injury. And so when they led them into jail, they were, they were stripped, they were beaten up, they were feeling bad. They were as stuck as stuck gets. They were as stuck as stuck gets. You know, the prisons... That they were, the prison that they were placed in was, was a pretty rough place. But I want you to know this morning that that prisons look, just because a prison looks different, doesn't mean it's not a prison. And that the places and the ways that we get stuck in our lives, it can feel like a prison to us. Prisons can be created oftentimes because of our bad choices, our decisions. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that a prison can come out of anywhere. Well, One thing that's so terrifying about Paul and Silas' situation is that they fell into this prison because they were doing the right thing. They weren't doing the wrong thing, they were doing the right thing. Now, I understand if somebody if somebody's imprisoned, I understand if somebody's having a rough life. I, I understand if somebody's in a bad position when they're doing something bad. <clears throat> but I don't understand when somebody gets thrown into jail. I don't understand whenever somebody encounters tough times when they're doing a good thing, the right thing. It's tough. All these prisons. Come in our lives. All these situations come into our lives, whether by our own actions or because God has led us into these situations. See, I want us to understand something a little bit today that even when we're wondering, even when we're wondering how to get out of this jail, how to get out of this prison. God can come in in such a way and help us to see that clearly. Paul, in Paul, in this uh, this time of his life, he was about forty six years old when he was thrown into this prison. This is a time of, of his life whenever he was uh, he was old enough to look at the scope of his life and wonder what he's done to get into this place, but young enough to try to have the energy to try to get out of it. But Paul, he he, he didn't. He didn't occupy his time with making any kind of plans or escape. Something different was about, uh, Paul was about something different. Acts chapter 16, verse 24, it says, So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in, in that stock. Clamped their feet into that stock. Paul looked around. He saw his feet were in a stalk. He he saw he was in the inner dungeon. And life wasn't going the way that he had planned it. It was closed. There wasn't any windows. There were not any doors. There wasn't any light. As a matter of fact, all he could do was just sit there in jail with Silas. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, our company is uh, <laughs> is really important when we get into those situations. Anybody been in, been stuck in a place with somebody that they didn't like? It, it's not good. It's not good. But I, I want you to know that that Silas loved the Lord just like Paul did, and 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 as they sat in that prison with no light, all they could all they could do was hear the echoes. Of the pain that was reverberated around them. You know, there are places and times in our lives where we find ourselves getting stuck in an echo chamber of our heart. Paul could hear people groaning. Paul could hear the pain of prisoners in other cells. And it's real easy at that time to start feeling sorry for yourself. It's real easy at that time to fill those chains on us. It's real easy at that time to sit down and feel hopeless and helpless and hurt. But something was happening in Paul's heart. So whenever I get into those situations, those circumstances, sometimes there's this uh, negative feedback loop in my mind. Or I think something negative, and then it goes negative again, and then it comes back, and I think about it again, and it it just cycles over and over and over again. And the enemy is so cunning and crafty, he can whisper those things, and by the end of me thinking about it, it feels like a scream like I'm not good enough, or like, like I've messed up my life, or that there's no other options. All these things echo in our hearts and our lives when we find ourselves in these negative situations and circumstance. Maybe you're here today, and you found yourself in that echo chamber in your heart. Maybe you can hear the agony, the groan that you cried so long ago, and it just keeps reverberating over and over and over again. You're caught into this cell, and it hurts. You feel like you're bound up in the chains, and even your prayers go up to the ceiling and bounce back down. But when you open up your mouth in the midnight hour, and you're in the inner dungeon, and instead of the sound of pain, you start producing the sound of praise, Something will begin to happen. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 through 26 says, Around midnight, at the darkest time, at the darkest time of the night, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Listen to that. The other prisoners were listening. Suddenly... There was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All of the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Can you believe that this morning? In the midnight hour, instead of calling out in pain, instead of thinking about their own circumstances, they began to pray and praise, and something happened. There was a shaking of the prison. The foundation of the entire prison began to shake. Every door flew open. And every chain fell off. I think that's something worth praising the Lord about this morning. And I want somebody to know this morning that that God intends for us to experience that same kind of freedom. That God can open those prison doors and set you free. I I want to I want to point out something. There, there's a, a a very little difference, but there's a difference. It, the, the way that we pray, when we praise, we are calling attention to what God has done in our life, and we're thanking him for it. But when we worship, we're, we're calling attention to who God is and thanking him for who he is. Praise and worship are remembering what God has done for us and thanking him for who he is. And that's what we owe to God this morning. So number one, when we worship... It shakes the foundation. It shakes the foundation. There's a little island off the coast of the the west coast over by San Francisco. It's about one and a quarter miles off the mainland. And it's known as The Rock. You may know it as Alcatraz. It was a state prison. Throughout the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And it had a reputation that said, once you go in there, you ain't coming back. <laughs> and, and it proves that with statistics because it said, out of those, those years that it was in operation, 36 people tried to escape in 14 different attempts. Twenty-three were caught, six were shot and killed, two drowned as they tried to swim away from the prison, and five are missing and presumed dead. Nobody has escaped Alcatraz. You know, there's a lot of rocks in our life. There's a lot of places where the foundations and the situations seemed immovable. Through decisions that we've made or simply life circumstances, there are places and spaces that we can find ourselves in that are absolutely, we feel like there is no way out. Maybe the doctor has given you a bad report and you have no other options. Maybe your financial situation has taken away options in your life. Maybe you're in a situation or circumstance with depression because of a crisis in your life, and you just don't ever feel like things will ever be the same inside again. There is no way out, no place to go, and no hope that you can get free. But God has got freedom for us. It's not the end of the story. See, take a look at the first part of verse 26. Suddenly, the Bible says, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. I love this word suddenly because Paul and Silas, they weren't praying for an earthquake. They were praying and singing hymns. They didn't have escape on their heart and their mind. They had Jesus on their heart and their mind. And that earthquake surprised them just as much as it surprised everybody else. The whole place was shaken. But I need to point out something to you this morning. That it says the prison was shaken, but it doesn't say Paul and Silas were shaken. Think about that. The prison was shaken, but Paul and Silas weren't afraid. You may be going through something this morning, but when we begin to raise our hands and raise our voices, we can be sure of this, that whatever happens, we are not going to be shaken. Psalm 16 verse 8 says, I have set the Lord before me, always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken shaken. I shall not be shaken. When you and I begin to release praise and worship in the midst of circumstances, God begins to release us. You know, there's been some people that have been in some hard circumstances now, and you may be feeling like you even have Praise God this morning. You've worshiped God this morning. You've been praying and you've been asking God to get you out of this situation or circumstance, but you haven't been, you haven't been praising. You've been praising and praying God so that you'll get out of the situation or circumstance. But you just hadn't been looking at God just to praise Him for who He is we can get so caught up in what's going on in our life that we failed to realize that if God didn't do one more thing in our life, that he would still be worthy of the praise this morning. What would happen this morning if you and I thought that instead of praying and asking God to deliver us, God was not waiting for us to pray that prayer. God was waiting for us to praise him for who he is. And if that was true and if that was the case, how would that change the way that you worship? If you thought that your freedom, if you thought that your victory, if you thought your deliverance depended on the way that you praised, how would that change your praise this morning? I have a feeling... This morning that there's some people in this room that need to praise God for who he is. See, maybe your background, your culture, your your, your faith upbringing. Doesn't allow you to kind of get all like that. You know, you might put your hands in your pockets and kind of bow your head out of respect. And I understand that. But I want to show you this morning that it's not a charismatic thing to praise God. It's not necessarily a Pentecostal thing to praise God. It turns out that it's a Bible thing to praise God. Psalm 134 verse 2 says, lift your hands towards the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Psalm 47 verse 1 says, come every one, clap your hands. Shout to God with a joyful praise. There's some people in here that's been owing Jesus a shout of praise. It doesn't say that if you feel like it, it doesn't say that if you're in the mood, it doesn't say that if you really think that God is gonna deliver you. It tells us to give Him our praise. When we give Him our praise with our voices, with our hands, with our hearts. I want you to know that that means something to the Lord. The Lord stops everything and pays attention to that kind of praise. Did you know that right now, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there are angelic choirs in heaven in the throne room calling out to Jesus, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I want you to know, I, believe, I don't see this in scripture, but I believe, I believe that whenever his people begin to pray, he quiets those angels down so they could listen to the praises of his people. Because there's something about the praises. Come on, give the Lord a praise right now. Praise God. There is something about the praises of his people because the angels, the angels can't praise as a redeemed son and daughter of Christ. They can't do that. That We're the only ones that understand a little something about grace. Anybody know about grace this morning? Praise God. Praise God. I want you to understand this. I want you to understand this. As we do this, it's the prisons of our life that begin to shake, not us. Because there isn't one prison that can stand unshaken in the presence of our God. Number two, it, worship opens the doors. Worship opens the doors. Y'all need to pray for my family right now because I got a little one-year-old. And right now, the only way to keep them out of a room is to... Close the door because he's kind of on the small side. I don't know where he got that from. He's on the small side, and he can't reach and grab a hold of that doorknob to turn it to get in. The so we just we go through the house and we make sure that all the doors are shut so we can keep them in. But recently, I took him over to somebody's house, and instead of having doorknobs, they had door, door, door latches. You know what I'm saying? Levers. And that little boy, he figured out if he leaned up to it, if he raised his hand, if he kind of got on his tiptoes and he grabbed a hold of it with at least one finger, he could pull that thing down and open that door. That man has experienced the freedom of his life, and he ain't never going back. He wants to get through every door he sees. It doesn't even matter. He wants to get into it. If he can't get into it, he sits there and knocks until somebody opens that door. And I think that somebody needs to start living their life like my little one-year-old son. That they look at that door and they wait expectantly, believing that the Lord is just going to open that door. If they just lift up their hands, if they lift up their voices, if they start knocking, then God is going to open up that door. I want you to see what happens. Whenever Paul and Silas lifted up their hands in worship, all the doors immediately flew open. Acts 16, 26b. Wow. All the doors immediately flew open. The first thing was suddenly there was an earthquake. Now we see immediately the doors flew open. Praise God. In the darkest point of night when there just wasn't any other options, all the doors were shut and locked and nobody wanted them out. But in this time, immediately, the doors flew open. We serve a God that is a God of the open door. You don't believe me? Revelation 3.8, he's speaking to the church, the Philadelphian church, and this is what Jesus himself said. I know all the things you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can shut. Praise God. Praise God. Our God is a God that can open doors that nobody can shut. And he can close doors that nobody can open. Yes, can. If you don't believe that, you just, you just lean into him. You lean into him with your worship. You lean into him with your praise. And God can give you options that you never had before. Yes, I never had before. What kind of doors in your life? that are shut right now, that you thought would never open again, that God is just waiting for the right kind of praise so that he can open that door for you. God's got something for somebody this morning. Finally, number three, worship breaks the chains. Worship breaks the chains. I had the opportunity in my life uh, to hang around a lot of uh, police Officers, law enforcement. I even had the opportunity to to help them uh, to help them train, and they let me play the bad guy. All right, all right. I played the bad guy real good. They they let me they let me get arrested, and so I was going to be bad. I I I stood there, and they started ordering me to to get down. They they said, turn around. I turned around. They said, get on your knees. I got on my knees. They said, lean forward. I got on my belly. They said, cross your feet. I crossed my feet. They said, spread your arms. I spread my arms out. I'm laying on the ground. See, they're, they're, they're wanting to make me as immobile as possible because they want to arrest me. They want to confine me. But see, I'm still not technically in custody. I'm not in custody until they get the the handcuffs on me, until they get the chain on me. And then what happens? Somebody, some big old guy gets on my back. He grabs a hold of one of my arms, and I decided I was going to make his training realistic. (laughs) All that did was make me feel like I was realistically in custody. (laughs) got that that handcuff on one. He brought the other one. Oh man, there was nothing I could do. I, I was in handcuffs. And whenever I got in handcuffs, all the fight was gone. Ain't nothing I could do but run. And I'm pretty sure he could run faster than me. See, the crazy thing is this morning is I think that statistically in this room of this size, there's a lot of people that are in handcuffs right now. A lot of of people that are dealing with things that have chained them up, addictive behaviors, things that they can't walk away from, things that they've tried to walk away from time and time and time again, but you get far enough out, and then you just get jerked back over because there's a chain on you. I believe with all my heart that Jesus has set the captive free. See, Paul talks about chains that we wear in our lives in Romans chapter 6, verse 16. He says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. Or, or... You can, be a, you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. See, we have two real options. We can be a slave to sin, and you know where that leads already. You've already been there. You've already done that. You've already got the chains around you. You know what it feels like to be jerked around. Psychology defines addiction as and an inability to stop using a substance or engaging in a behavior even though it may cause psychological or physical harm. It may not be an illicit substance. It may not be drugs. You may not be even dealing with alcohol addiction but maybe there's people in here that are dealing with gambling. Maybe there's people in here that are dealing with uh, being on your phones and addicted. and You want to put it down, but you can't. Maybe there's people in here that are addicted to going certain places on the web. Maybe there's people in here that are, uh, have all sorts of addictions that maybe the world wouldn't say that are wrong. But you know in your heart, you know in your life, that, that there's an enemy of this world that has put a chain on you that you can't break away from. I want you to know that we do have a choice. We do have a choice to obey God. See, Acts chapter 6, verse 26, he says, uh, See, says, And everyone's chains came loose. See, when Paul and Silas began to praise the Lord, three things occurred. The prison was shaken. The doors flew open. But this is my favorite part. The chains fell off. The chains fell off. See, when when we begin to worship, chains begin to fall off. And I want to show you what that actually looks like in somebody's heart and life. If you go over to John, the book of John, in chapter 4, we find out that Jesus has walked through Samaria. He's all by himself at this point, and he's standing at the well. And a Samaritan woman comes to the well. And she needs something to drink. They begin to talk. And through their conversation, Jesus points out an addictive behavior that the woman has. Jesus said, I know you're not married. He says, he says you got, you've had five husbands and the, the man you're living with right now is not your husband. This is a, an addictive behavior of a relationship and circumstance. This woman had pain in her heart and life. Broken relationships in her past. I'm sure that there was something that this woman wanted to be in a, a relationship that was loving where someone cared for her. But she didn't have it. See, if I was Jesus at that moment and I knew what he knew, I'd start talking to her about about addictive behaviors, and I'd give her a 12-step program. I'd give her some resources. I would would invite her to a women's Bible study. I'd do all these things. But that's not what Jesus did. In that moment, Jesus spoke to her about worship. Jesus spoke to her about worship. Worship. See, I believe this morning that there are people that are in bondage, in chains. I I, I believe that there's people that are struggling with things this morning. And you've prayed and you've asked the Lord to deliver you. You've, You've asked the Lord to set you free. You have done everything. Maybe you've lived okay for a little while, but you were just right back in the same place that you started. But I think there's some people in here that need to know That when we begin to worship, when we begin to lift up our hands and lift up our voices and worship God for who he is and what he's done, then those chains can begin to fall off. It's not about a 12-step plan. It's about a one-step plan. Worship. And that's the step. And something changed in that woman's heart and something can change in our hearts as well. See, you might have come in here this morning and everything on the outside looks good. You've got a smile on your face, you got nice clothes, you got a nice car, you got a nice house, you got a beautiful family, but something on the inside is broken. Something on the inside feels like you're stuck in jail. Something on the inside feels like an echo chamber of your heart. Something on the inside feels like you're all bound up and you're not created to be bound up. You're created to be free. It's in freedom that He's created us. I think there's just some people in this place that want to experience that kind of freedom. Would you stand all over this place this morning? Because I believe that I believe that there are people that need to continue to pray. Of course we need to pray, but there's, this, there's people this morning that need to start praising. There's people this morning that need to start praising him. There's people this morning that need to lift up their hands and lift up their voices and praise the Lord for who he is and what he's done. I want to invite right now, if you're a prisoner right now, if you've got some something in your life, if you have stress, if you have anxiety, if you have this situation or your circumstance where you feel like every option has been taken away and you need the king of kings and the Lord of lords to come and shake that prison, I want you to come down right now and begin to praise him like you've never praised him before. I I want you to come right now. We're just going to have a time of worship right now. Would you step out out from your seat all over this place and find a place down in the front where we can praise and worship him like we were designed to? What would happen? What would happen if, if your freedom was waiting on your praise? What would happen if your freedom was waiting on your praise? Let's just take a second and worship the Lord this morning. Now, when Paul and Silas began to worship, the entire prison was shaken. It doesn't say that their door opened, it said every door opened. It doesn't say that their chain fell off, it said every chain fell off. What if, what if there's people down here that need to hear your praises? What if there's somebody sitting next to you, standing next to you that need to hear your praises in order for their chains to fall off? God has called us to be a free people. called us to be a worshiping people let's not miss the opportunity for deliverance let's all worship him with everything that we have I just want to keep the sweet presence the sweet atmosphere continuing to go but I want to mention to you this what if we as a church what if we as a church experience freedom because we, we found God together What if we as as a church worship and our our worship gives other people hope? What if if we as a church, we worship together throughout our life, not just our Sunday? I think that we as a church need to reclaim the other six days of week for our worship this morning. Praise God. Praise God. I want you to continue to pray this morning. And I I would like to ask you this morning, as I pray over you, to dismiss you allow this place to remain a place of prayer allow the atmosphere to remain prayerful as you're dismissed heavenly father thank you and praise you lord jesus that we can be a people a church that finds you a church that gives hope and a church that does life together i pray god that our worship lord jesus would would be pleasing to you lord jesus and that you would shake the foundation of somebody's jail, Lord, that you would open somebody's door, and Lord, that you would allow somebody's chain to fall off. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Be blessed today.